The following is brought to you in part by MFC Studios. The views of the show's host and guests do not necessarily reflect those of the management, owners, or staff of this radio station. And now, it came from the radio. Once again, to It Came From The Radio, the official show of the Big Apple Con. This is your host, Mark Torres, speaking with me via social distancing is none other than the life with Jenner G. Com, uh, Jen Elise Feldy. Yeah! Howdy, folks! This week's show, we're going to have, as we've been having for our, uh, I guess, the quarantine shows, as I like to put it, or um, as my favorite comedian would say, Norm MacDonald, he's a Tom Hanks disease uh, shows, um, we're going to have uh, Dominic Definition Man from Pronto Comics with his comic pick of the week. We're going to have uh, our senior correspondent, Charlie Saladino, most likely with his <laughs> movie pick of the week, and another Jay Bird and Lee segment. Before we get to any of that, we have to take it away with the news. The news is brought to you in part by the fine folks at the Big Apple Con, of which we are the official radio show of, celebrating over 25 years of comic bookness and pop culture stuff. For more information, go to www.bigapplecc.com and keep tabs on when everything starts opening up. They will obviously have their next Big Apple convention then. And also, I want to give a shout-out to our Patreons, of which there are Danny Grillo, newly released award-winning director, Jared Burrell, Two Sentence Horror, Kyle Horn, Millie Portez, Newsday Famous Dresden Media, Unji Kun, and Shadow Rabbit Art. You want to have your own uh, shout out? Go to www.patreon.com, look up the came for on the search bar, and uh, you can get your own little shout out for just a measly dollar. But in addition to that, we have other uh, prizes on there, other perks on there for different amounts. Um, and our newest amount, a newest perk. Do you know what that is, Jennifer? I'm not really sure. Can you tell us, Mark? Sure. So for just a measly $15,000, you get a day with co-host Jennifer Elise, Jen Elise Feldy, consisting of two, count them, two prepared and cooked meals, along with the recipes by and from her uh, Keys, to the, Keys to Live the Life guidebook. And a personal training workout session, I'm guessing it's going to be between the meals, for you and a friend at her personal gym. Um, it is going to be between the two meals, right? You eat, work out, and then eat? You know, it depends on the meals that they want. I'm going to customize this. So if the person wants a heavy meal, uh, we'll probably work out before and then do the heavy meal. But if they would like a smoothie as one of the meals, then we can make that an intra-workout, which means in the middle of the workout or while we're working out meal, or we can have it before. Oh, see, so you get to pick. It totally depends. It's very customized. And it's well worth the $15,000, right? I think so. So, yeah, you can do that. And um, it, it will be obviously when the uh, pandemic is over, so that way it will be so no more social distancing. But uh, we will still appreciate the uh, money now. <laughs> well, I'd be willing to do it and break some rules. Really? All right. So from the, from the mouth of um, Jen Elise Feldy, She'll break some rules if you put in the $15,000 to get you in the best shape of your life, right? Because it's legal doesn't mean it's right. Just because it's legal doesn't mean it's wrong. That, you know, that is very true. Very, very, very true. Because um, things that were legal or illegal are legal and or illegal now. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, so let's start with the sad news. Actor Sam Lloyd Jr. died recently from cancer. Uh, Lloyd appeared in such films as Rising Sun, Flubber, that was the Robin Williams remake of, um, what the hell was that movie? Um, the Epson Minor Professor, yes. Galaxy Quest, Back by Midnight, Exterminators, and Super Capers, just to name a few. On the small screen, Lloyd appeared in such shows as City, Double Rush, 
Ed, Mad About You, Third Rock from the Sun, Spin City, The West Wing, Battery Park, Desperate Housewives, Numbers, The Middle, Modern Family, Dr. Ken, and American Housewife, just to name a few. Of course, Lloyd is perhaps best known for his portrayal of the lawyer Ted Buckland on the series Scrubs, which ran from 2001 to 2009, and he reprised his role in the series Cougar Town in 2011. Um, of note, Lloyd was diagnosed with an inoperable brain tumor in January of 2019, which was revealed to be metastatic uh, lung, can lung cancer that had spread into his liver, spine, and jaw. Jesus. In a twist of fate. During the time of his diagnosis, his wife had given birth to their first child. Um, that's, that's wild. It's very, very, very sad. Very sad. But you know what's not sad is Cougar Town. You enjoyed that show? Well, I, I live, I'm living it. Oh. I mean, since you're younger, my photography partner, her husband's five years younger, and also my partner's the grandma show. Her boyfriend's 10 or 11 years younger. So it's like Cougar Town over here. So... All right, so so Jen's Cougar Town. My Cougar Town. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so Lloyd was a uh, a spry fifty six. Um, moving on for more sad news. Actually, the last bit of sad news. Not too much sad news this week. Oh, thank God. Um, Longtime comic book inker Juan Velasco also died recently due to complications from an appendicitis operation. Ugh. Uh, Juan worked on such titles as Uncanny X-Men, Cable, Deadpool, Nova, U.S. Uh, Avengers. Wait, that's, that's not right. Oh, U.S. Agent and Avengers, Magnificent Miss Marvel, Marvel Shadows and Light, and the Marvel DC Spider-Boy team-up crossover. Uh, he was 51. Um, I gotta say, I'm not familiar with his work. Because uh, I don't read those titles that that were mentioned, but any anchor that has done such a large amount of work, and you have to take into consideration, as you may not be aware of, Jen, that oh, an anchor yeah. has to go over a work that's already penciled. So it's the next level in making a comic book. There, so he's like the second, the third guy in the line of making a comic book. So you have the writer, penciler, and the anchor. So his work yeah. is very, very important to making a comic book a comic book. Why wouldn't the penciler also do the inking? Uh, sometimes they, um, it's just a, a different style because one uses actual pencils and the other one uses, well, inks. So they do a brush or they embellish what's already there. So certain pencils do ink their own work, it, but it's more uh, common for them to do, to one person lay their layouts and groundwork while the other person puts, you know, the spit and polish on it. It, in my opinion, it usually makes a better piece of artwork when you have two different guys working on it. Because then it's, it's a, what is it? The the whole is a more of the sum of its parts. Is that that's, that's the saying, right? The whole, the whole is more than yeah. That's right. Um, he was a, a young fifty-one. Very young. Two young deaths today. The fifties and the fifty-one. Yeah. Um, so let's see, moving on to, to some not as sad news, maybe a little happier news. Uh, from the That's Dedication to the Craft Department, actor Tom Cruise, uh, the eternal Tom Cruise, Elon Musk's, Musk's SpaceX, and NASA, NASA? Jesus, NASA are in the early stages of developing a feature length action adventure film set and shot in outer space. The film is strictly in its earliest of development phases, but this is just a little too crazy not to mention it. Can you imagine? This is like, um, what was the other one that Ron Howard did? Um, you know the, the, the one where they actually did the Zero-G with, um, what was that movie? Apollo 13. That was it. Right. So they made a, so they actually went up in an airplane and flew and then, then recreated the zero-g effects by being filming on a giant airplane, taking a nosedive down to create that zero-g effect and film it for the uh, floating scenes in Apollo 13. Um, obviously now it will be all done by, by computers, which like they did with the movie um, Gravity with uh, Sandra Bullock. Right. But now Tom Cruise, being Tom Cruise, wants to actually take himself into <laughs> outer space to film scenes in zero and zero G. It's cool because we're going to have Scientology now in outer space. That's that's pretty cool. Yes, that way he'll meet the what was it the alien creators up there. And I, I, 
won't be in this film. I mean, first of all, I, I don't think I'm at the level, but I don't even like to travel out of New York State, so going to outer space is, is a bit far. Wait, so, so you wouldn't take that opportunity? No, I don't, I don't think. I think I would turn it down. Yeah, I would. I'm afraid of heights. If Tom Cruise went to you and were like, hey, Jen, uh, Jen Elise Feldy, I want you to be my co-star in my movie, but you got to be in outer space to do it. You'd be like, nah, I'm good. I probably do what I do with everyone. Say, you know what? That sounds great. How about we shoot it at my house? <laughs> Which is what I try to do with every single movie that I'm in. Hey, why don't we just shoot it at my house? I don't want to leave my house. <laughs> really. I, I really try. It's, it's nothing against anyone. I'm just kind of a hermit. Is that is that a good is that a good prosperous way to have a a filmmaking career if all the movies have to be shot in your house? Well, they don't have to, but I always ask because we oh. don't ask. The answer is always no. So I always I always ask, and right. then we'll go from there. You know. Fair enough. That's actually that's actually a good uh, a good motto. Yeah, let's try it. Um, so far, only the film. So far, the only information about this project is that it will not be a Mission Impossible film. So they're making sure to distance themselves from that. Well, it might be Mission Impossible. Depends on how the mission goes. <laughs> we'll find out. You know, that, that can actually be a movie in and of itself about making a movie in outer space. And if it works, they'll call it Mission Impossible. They'll make a whole new franchise that we can get sick of. Mission Impossible. <laughs> mission Impossible. Oh, man. Um, moving on. <laughs> from the what about Bumblebee department? Paramount has decided to officially re-re-reboot their Transformers franchise with a new animated prequel. The film will be set entirely on Cybertron and will center on the relationship between Optimus Prime, which was the leader of the Autobots, and Megatron, which is the leader of the Decepticons. Uh, Josh Cooley, who made Toy Story 4, is signed on to direct with Andrew Barrier and Gabriel Ferrari, who did Ant-Man Part 2, uh, already finished the script. What's interesting about this movie is that the it's going to be the first ever, well, actually the first new movie that's going to be fully animated. The original Transformers series, which was a cartoon, made, uh, made uh, for toy sales, was brought into theaters, which is my favorite movie of all time, animated movie by a hand-drawn on the screen. But now this one is going to be a new animated film, on screen, so it will be, what, 30-something years, I think. Over 30 years, yeah, that uh, an animated Transformers film will be on screen. And what's interesting about that is that Bumblebee was sort of a prequel reboot of the entire Michael Bay Transformers series, which changed a couple of things around. And now they're going to go back even further and change some more stuff around. Right, and they got rid of Megan Fox, a real human, and now it's going to explore the relationship between Optimus Prime and Megatron, which is a relationship between bots, which is now further supporting the idea that we are basically just basing relationships on AI and robots. We don't even need humans anymore. I think it's a different kind of relationship. Well, perhaps this is some way to MK Ultra society to get used to the idea that we don't even need humans anymore. We can just mate through bots. Well, we need, we need humans to watch it. <laughs> We do need humans to watch. Perhaps <laughs> um, we can get around that flaw as well. Yes. See, that's that's the goal. So, so that way they watch it. They'll watch themselves, and then they'll be all set. Then then the the then the the, the missiles will start coming down. Mm-hmm. A beautiful new world. <laughs> um, what what uh, another point about this is that they're calling it an animated Transformers film, but they're not saying what type of animation will it be. I mean, as it stands now. The Transformer movies, they're, they're all computer generated as to begin with. And then the beginning part of Bumblebee was all set on Cybertron. So it was all computer generated, but it wasn't considered uh, an animated movie. So I'm wondering what's the difference going to be. Like, is it going to be like hand drawn or is it going to be all CGI, which is technically a live action movie now, is what they consider it. Good points, Mark. Over my head. Well, I thank you. Um, moving on, from the follow-up department. Once again, we are we are still talking about this continuing, continually developing story uh, from the past month. Uh, Diamond Comics, the major distributor of comic books and comic book-related materials, had stopped, and then, as of May 20th, which hasn't happened yet, 
restarted distributing its product. None other than Marvel Comics had announced that it will once again start making and distributing its books via Diamond starting on the following week, which is May 27th. So, as I mentioned uh, earlier, uh, Diamond went through some crazy nonsense shenanigans as to they, they stopped, due to, the, due to the virus, the COVID pandemic, they stopped production. They decided not to pay their vendors. They decided to come back with some type of crazy repayment schedule. The head of marketing quit. Yes. <laughs> they restarted and said, hey, everything's fine now. We're going to go back to business as normal on the 20th of May. And all through all that time, all the other combo companies, the independent guys, uh, DC, Image, all those guys were trying to figure out ways to get their books to the comic stores, which are suffering if they haven't already closed. Marvel slash Disney was like, eh, we're all right. And it just waited the storm. Mm-hmm. And now they're going to start back up. I would love to see Marvel or somebody make a movie about what happened with Diamonds because that is a soap opera in itself. That's, that's what was that, Mission Possible, how we can make, break, and restart the comic book industry? Yeah, I like that. I like that, Mission Possible. Right. And it can have a happy ending. <laughs> so oh, now yeah. the question is, Will will this stoppage affect the comic book stores at all? Like, will they be able to come back with the new shipments coming in, or, or will it just be too little too late? And will people be buying? Because people need to get their jobs back in order to buy things. That is true. And and as I've mentioned uh, many times before, the comic book stores pay for the stuff up front mm. and then have to hope that people come in to buy their stuff. And they make more money on things that don't sell initially, but they can jack up the prices later on for back issues. So maybe this is one of those delayed chain reaction things, uh, event of change where they're going to take a loss now. But since these books are so limited and they didn't order as many, they're going to be more rare to find so that when people do have money, they can charge more money for these books. Oh God, well, wait and see. I'm sitting on pins and needles waiting to find out. Yeah, that's uh, that's exactly what we're going to do. Wait and see. Wait and see. Time unfolds all truths. I don't have the answer for this one, but I did have a lot of predictions about the pandemic and the dates, and it's coming true. So, so yes, because you are a, a self-proclaimed psychic, so you know things. Well, I mean, I have things in writing, so we'll see. Okay. Um, we all know things on some level. Well, uh, if you say so. <laughs> so moving on. Uh, speaking of knowing things and, and, the, and the future and what happens and the end of the pandemic, from the have your cake and eat it too department, um, as mentioned last week's show, which may or may not be airing in correct order, um, AMC Theaters, which is the biggest movie chain in the world along with Regal Theaters, has announced the intention to not show any Universal films at any of the theaters once they reopen. This comes after the extremely successful video-on-demand release of Trolls Part 2. Universal execs say, The results for Trolls World Tour have exceeded our expectations and demonstrated the viability of paid video-on-demand. As soon as theaters reopen, we expect to release movies on both formats. And that's the key. They want to have it on video-on-demand and put it in the theaters at the same time. That's what I want for all my films. Um, yeah. But see, that's, the, the problem is, is that the movie theaters have been trying, the movie theater companies, because they hate the movie theaters, have been trying to figure out how to do this for, for years. I, I would say at least 10 to 15 years been trying to figure this out. Um, because they want to have it in the theaters and, uh-huh. at, and at home. But then the movie theaters are like, hey, if it's available at home, why are they going to come to the theaters? So the fact that they have that exclusivity makes it them want to come to the movie theater and spend the money on popcorn and soda, which is where they make their profit. That's true. I don't know. I really do feel like movie theaters are becoming outdated. I hate to say it. I I just do. I think a lot of different things that people do in person, including meetings, don't get me started on meetings, just don't need to happen in person. So I think that we're going to see movie theaters decline unless... They totally redo the models of movie theaters and offer massages in the chairs or be, they become restaurants or, or they offer something, some other piece of value. And that's one way to stay relevant by offering value. But they're they're not offering value yet. They're basically just saying a big F you. And hopefully you know, that doesn't get bleeped out. Can I say F you? Yes. 
Thank God. Thank God. <laughs> you know, they're saying F you to, to Universal because they're angry. They want a monopoly, and I don't blame them. But perhaps if they offered more value, they would stay relevant because keep what is useful, discard what is not, AMC. So um, to that, AMC responded, <clears throat> It is disappointing to us. Universal's unilateral actions and intentions have left us with no choice. Therefore, effective immediately, despite the fact that all our theaters are closed, AMC will no longer play any Universal movies in our theaters in the United States, Europe, or the Middle East. This policy affects any and all Universal movies per se, goes into effect today, and as our theaters reopen, is not some hollow or ill-considered threat. <laughs> uh, to that... Universal doubled down and said, <clears throat> We absolutely believe in a theatrical experience and have made no statement to the contrary. As we have stated earlier, going forward, we expect to release future films directly to theaters as well as paid on demand what, when that distribution outlet makes sense. Uh, to put things into perspective, uh, the first Trolls movie made $116 million domestically in its first three weeks of release. The sequel pulled in around $100 million in its first three weeks, three weeks on video on demand. So, it's not just that's how much money they made. You have to look at the profit because if there's no sending it to movie theaters, they're cutting out that middleman. Exactly. That $100 million is more than $116 million. I'm all about cutting the middleman, so I don't blame Universal. Um, having worked at a theater, I, I know that the theaters have been trying to figure out alternative content. I mean, even theaters now are trying to give a better experience with the reclining chairs and the food and the delivery and seeing other things that are not just movies like live events or concerts or, or boxing things. That's what they're trying to do. But, you know, their bread and butter are still movies, which people still will go out to see. I think one of all they could do is that, yes, they could have more live events, and then perhaps what if the movie theaters end up being owned by the people and the companies that make the movies, and then there's no conflict of interest, and you don't have a middleman, because the movie makers are the theaters. So maybe that's what we're going to end up seeing in the future, if movie theaters are even relevant. But, on that, on that note, which has been brought up, if the movie theater companies, I think there was a law that had just gotten uh, loosened in the past couple of years, that no movie theater, uh, no movie production company can own their own theater, because wow. then they would only show their own movies, forcing, so making a monopoly, forcing you to watch their movies only. So what? Who cares? It's a free market. That's a ridiculous law. I well, think it's ridiculous. What if, what if you're an independent filmmaker? And you can't get your movie into that movie because you're not under their banner. So at least as an independent filmmaker, you can get your movie into theaters right now in big chains, just like the little guys. Uh, just like the big guys, I should say. Well, maybe if the movie makers and the people make the movies like the independent filmmakers, then I don't know. Yeah, but it is, it is an interesting point that you did bring up, and that was why. And like I said, they have been loosening that because of what's going on in the industry. Uh, right now, so it's it's quite interesting. It's it's not a, a black and white, cut dry answer, but maybe that is the to have something where people can go to to watch something as an experience. I don't know. I, you know, I guess I'm conflicted on this one because I definitely don't want the production companies to have a monopoly on where you view it. As I'm a huge fan of independent filmmaking, but at the same point, if an independent film is good enough to be shown, you would hope it could be shown in the theater. God, I'm conflicted on this one. Yeah, and see, that's that's where the Netflix comes in, and that's where stuff like that happens, where okay. they can put stuff on there and they can still get the accolades and uh, achievements as movies in movie theaters. And that's happening, isn't it? With the Oscars now, yeah, their movies that are on Netflix. Exactly. So that's that's the whole. See how it all it all ties together. It's all one big chess piece. Everything's moving around. You know, I'm a big believer that if you're good at something, the world needs more good. So perhaps we should just keep promoting doctors and movies and books that are just good and everyone promotes each other and uh, stop trying to cut people out of the mix. And that's why we have our little show. See how it all ties together? Mm, all comes full circle. Um, for those of you who are not paying attention, Universal owns franchises such as The Fast and the Furious, The, the Fast and the Furious, Jurassic Park, Despicable Me, which includes the Minions, The Purge, Kung Fu Panda, the Dr. Seuss films, and the upcoming James Bond film, No Time to Die. <clears throat> Speaking of James Bond, due to its reported 
$250 million budget. That's just to make the movie, not to distribute it, not to promote it, not for any of that stuff. Along with all the bad press it has been receiving, as well as being one of the first major films to postpone its original release due to the pandemic, is now debating on waiting till next year, 2021, to finally release its film. Uh, they say, <clears throat> if it has to wait till next year, then so be it. There are hundreds of millions of dollars involved here. We'll release it when audiences feel safe to return to theaters. But it's a nerve-wracking call. Are you you know, this, is like, this is like that girl or guy that is usually a woman that holds out. And they, you know, the male keeps on wanting sex or a kiss and says, come here, come here. And she goes, no, I'm going to make you wait. And then the man wants it even more and they want even more. I'm saying men because I, I don't know a lot of women that experience this with men. Men are just easy. So men, so men would not be like James Bond. Not Bond. <laughs> and, and maybe that's what they're playing here. They're like, you know what? We're going to make them wait. We're going to make them wait till 2021, 2022. And by the time they do, people are going to be clamoring at the theaters for the movie. Maybe oh. it's just a game of making them make wait. Are are you um? Well, that's so. You know, you all right? <laughs> My mind just went like eight eight, eight different ways at one time. Exactly. Three of them are are, are no good. <laughs> so I'm just gonna go back to to the to the main line. Are right. you aware of the controversy or surrounding this film? So let's start with that. I'm not. Okay. So, um. One of the biggest controversies about the film, which was being talked about before the movie even came out, which was, which was stating that they was going to hurt the box office, which they didn't want, was that there was going to be a female James Bond. And, oh, yeah, I heard that. Yes. And so it was getting backlash from the, you know, the, 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 the white male population. Oh, God. And it was getting negative press. So they were already starting to worry that their movie might not be as well received as they had intended. So then the pandemic happened, and they were the first ones that said, "Our big budget movie, which was set to release, we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna push it back." Because I think that they were just kind of hoping people would forget about all that stuff, as you did, and then when the movie comes out, they'll be like, "Oh, it's a new movie. Let's go see it." Me, you know what? That sounds like a really good technique, and I'm also a big fan of the Make Him Wait because I made my last boyfriend wait over forty days. <laughs> See, well, I'm a fan of it. See, I want to ask a certain question, but I will not. I will refrain. Yeah. I will ask refrain it. from asking. If you don't ask, the answer is always no. So I always say, ask away, and you have the answer. That's what I say. You can always decline. You can always decline. I think that that's a good friendship and a good partnership. It should always, you should always be able to ask the question. Right. If anyone's offended by you asking, then there's something wrong with them. But... If you continually ask the same question well, then, then and continually know. get the same answer. Well, that's ridiculous. <laughs> Who's doing that? Who's asking the same question over and over? Well, you just said you made him wait 40 days. Right, right, right. And, <laughs> as, and as a male. Right, right. If you're, if you're in a situation where you need to ask for something that you're going to have to wait 40 days for, you yeah. will ask for it every one of those 40 days. You would ask, you would ask what? You would ask every day? Every, can, can I have the ice cream today, Mom? Oh, you know what? That, that hasn't happened to me. Both, both of the guys I'm thinking of, too, my current boyfriend in my last, or at least 40 days, I'd have to say. You know, you can have a taste, but you can have a no. And neither, both of them were home. And the last one, and I will say, the last one even said that if, if I didn't wait, he wouldn't even be with me. Interesting. I can get a taste, but I can yeah, you can have a taste, but you can't, you can't have the ice cream cone. Like, come on, know your worth. I'm on James Bond, and I actually have a James Bond poster of myself playing all the Bond characters in my my room, where I have all these posters of myself. You know, you bring out the worst in me sometimes. I think I bring out the best, but, you know. In me. In, in me. Tomato, potato. Tomato. You, may bring, you may bring out the best in everybody else. I, I think you're doing a great job. <laughs> Don't think so low of yourself. Come on. Oof. Come on. <laughs> I'm actually, I'm actually sweating great. over here. You're great. Sweating is great. Sweating is detox. You got to get that lymph moving. <laughs> sweating is a beautiful thing. Keep it up. Uh, so yeah, and and then on top of that, I think another reason that 
uh, the James Bond, this movie in particular, is trying to wait and see what happens is because whatever movie decides, whatever big movie decides to be the first one is not going to make the money that they had wanted to make. You know it to be a fact. Whoever's going to be that first one is going to take the hit. What do you mean whoever wants to be the first one? Like to, the, first to, the first major movie oh. company to put their movie out that was expected to come out. Well, Whoever's going to be it. first is not going to get that money that they think they're going to get. The second guy probably will, but not the first one. And I think everybody's kind of waiting to see what everybody else does before they decide to put their movie out. Yeah, that makes sense. I am waiting for other trainers, for example, to start training again before I train. So I'm just like them. Same thing. Same yeah, thing. you want to you wait. You wanna, no one wants to be first, as they say in business. No one wants to be first. You're right. Yeah. It You're actually... Right. Um, Makes me think about uh, this is this is something that's been sitting in my head for a while, and it just popped up as we're talking about. No one wants to be first. Um, you're familiar with Jay Z, right? Of course. And um, you're familiar with um, Sean Puffy Combs, right? That's his name, Puffy oh, Combs. Yeah. Oh yeah, Puff Daddy. So he has taken his music career and turned it into an empire, right? Of course, yeah, respect. So, as you may not be aware, he was not the first. He was not the pioneer of that. Do you know who was the first uh, pioneer of that to take the rap music and turn it into a, a, a company, a production? Okay, we have Dre, Jay-Z, mm -hmm. Puff Daddy. Mm -hmm. Trying to think back. You gotta, gotta go back. I know, I'm, I'm going back. Hold on. No, LL Cool J? No. Oh, Cool J is, you know, he's he's all over the place. Yeah, but, but he didn't make like he didn't make it a, a thing. An empire? God, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. What is it? MC Hammer. Oh man, I used to love MC Hammer too. He had a cartoon. He had he had his own product. He had yeah. everything, but he was considered a sellout at the time. What? Yeah. So he was the first that that tried to turn it. To turn it into a, a whole production. And you know what? You can always, you can't please everyone, but you can always piss off someone. And that's ridiculous. Respect for MC Hammer. Whoever's pissed off, something's wrong with you. He's but, a great, he was great. And then he squandered the money, and then that was the end of that. But still, he was the first. So it was like, he was the, 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 the main guy that did it. Where and is he now? Where is MC Hammer now? I think he's still performing. Uh, last I had seen him... He had teamed up with the Gangnam Style guy to do a crossover song of his uh, Gangnam Style Too Legit to Quit mashup. It's kind of cool, actually. Oh, that's really cool, actually. Wow. Um, if, you go on, uh, if you go on YouTube, you can type in uh, Too Legit to Quit Gangnam Style mashup, and it's them singing the song together. It's really cool. Well, going to our next one, I feel like Mike Tyson needs some music. So maybe MC Hammer can uh, do some Mike Tyson shows and make my dreams come true. We didn't get to Mike Tyson yet. You See, that's well, like psychicness. I've been talking about Mike Tyson for days, so <laughs> I'm there already. I beat you to it. The news people don't know what the hell we're talking about. You'll see. You'll see. You'll see. Yes, because you're psychic. <laughs> Keep listening. <laughs> um, so moving, uh, moving on, speaking of films... Um, none other than Vin Diesel has announced that his next installment of the Riddick franchise is well into development, confirming the script is almost complete. Um, it's currently called Riddick 4, Furia, 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 and has been said to serve as an origin story for his character. Uh, for those of you who do not remember, the last movie just titled Riddick was released in theaters way back seven years ago in 2013. Um, what's funny about this is that I don't remember there being a third Riddick movie. <laughs> So it was Pitch Black was the first one that he started in that he had to wear the, that he could see in darkness. And then he landed on some planet in the future and he had to fight some creatures that could only see in darkness. And then the second one picked up where that left off. And I had to do some research and I was like, oh yeah, I did see the, the third movie. But it just kind of merged in together with the second movie. And it's been a, a passion project for his for a long time. As a matter of fact, the reason why the sequel got made was because Vin Diesel made a deal with Universal to get the rights for that character so he can make another Riddick movie to, to, so he can have his cameo appearance in The Fast and Furious Part 3. So how about that? We can see in the dark. Is this a movie about peeping toms? <laughs> it sounds like a perfect peeping tom. Like, if I was a peeping tom, I would want those superpowers. Like, I wouldn't have to get lights. I, 
that would it'd be great. Invisibility. Huh? Okay. Well, that too. That would be great. Because that way you can still see at any point normally, mm. and still be unseen, and you can still do whatever whatever crazy antics you want to do. I, I just want the ability to not need sleep. That's what I wish for. Because if I need sleep, I'd have double the manpower. I would be so much more successful. Sleep gets in the way of everything. Okay. <laughs> I don't need to see in the dark, but you know, good for him. I'm not a peeping tom. That's that's your that's your superpower is to not sleep. Exactly. If I could sleep zero hours a night, I would be such a happy person. I'm mad every time I have to go to sleep. I'm mad. Well, don't you don't you find that people who have who are at a lack of sleep are very irritable, and don't you think that that would be a side effect of not being able to sleep? Not if I was superhuman, if I didn't need it. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. Yeah, that would be cool. I, I wish I wish it all the time. Hmm. Well, okay, so when you get that power, let me know. Well, I do sleep less in the spring and summer. I just started a couple of days ago. Right around May, I, I don't need sleep as much, but during the winter, I'm, I sleep so much. Well, you're, just, you're, you're, a, you're a bear, a hibernator. Exactly, I'm a bear, yes. So, speaking as we were talking about superpowers and your psychic ability, for the last bit of news, from the That's No Iron Man, That's Iron Mike department, none other than Iron Mike Tyson has decided to step back into the ring for a few charity event boxing matches. Yes! Mike says, and I'm not going to do his uh, voice because then he'll come and punch me. Um, I've been working out. I think I'm going to box some exhibitions and get into shape. I do two hours of cardio. I do the bike and treadmill for an hour. Then I do some light weights, 300 to 250 reps. I want to go to the gym and get in shape to be able to box three or four round exhibitions for some charities and stuff. Some charity exhibitions make some money, help some homeless and drug affected bleepity bleepity bleeps like me. For those of you who haven't been paying attention, Mike Tyson was the youngest ever heavyweight boxing champion at the age of 20 and became a pop culture icon with his own video game for Nintendo, Mike Tyson's Punch-Out. In 1990, Mike Tyson lost the belt to James Buster Douglas and then in 1992 went to jail for three years. Uh, Mike left the sport with a record of 50 wins and 6 losses. Uh, years later, Mike made a comeback of sorts, appearing in the Hangover films, as well as having his own hit animated series on Cartoon Network called The Mike Tyson Mysteries. Uh, as we were talking before the show, you're a fan of Mike Tyson. And you've met him. Yeah, I did, met, I did meet him. I bumped into him at a rest stop on the way to his show. It was so crazy. I pull over. I'm walking into the rest stop. I see him walking out. We're both taking the same route from New York to D.C. to go to his show. It was great. Did he have, like, his entourage with him? No, it was actually just him, and he was walking out, and I had to say something. I had to say something. He was walking away. I go, I'm going to your show tonight. And he goes, thank you, ma'am. And, and the thing is, is, like, you cannot mistake him for somebody else. <laughs> no. No. He's very distinct. It's not like you can you can you can go up to him and be like you sort of look like Mike Tyson. Well, you know you kind of look like like one of my favorite my favorite favorite quotes of all time was Vanna White from Wheel of Fortune said that her her most weirdest uh, fan experience is that someone walked up to her and said, "Hey, you look just like a young like an older Vanna White." <laughs> oh my God! Wow. <laughs> so no one can do that to Mike Tyson. They're like, "That's Mike Tyson." Yeah. Oh God. Well, that's why I don't want to get a face tattoo. I want to go under the radar. You know. So I think yes, that's a problem. So maybe you do want invisibility and the ability to to, to not sleep. Yeah, I, I do like invisibility. When I'm not on camera, I like to be under the radar. Not not that anyone really cares, but yeah, I like to be hidden. Did you uh, play the video game uh, Mike Tyson's Punch Out? Like, how much of a fan are you of his? Uh, I'm a fan of his quotes. I'm a fan of his personality on podcasts, like the personality, the fighting, his 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 workout ethic. I did a leg day. I'm so sore from it the other day because I saw this news two days ago, and I'm like, all right, I'm working out today, channeling Mike Tyson. I worked out so furiously, I could barely function the last two days. I think it's interesting that he was like he he wants to do a three to four round exhibition boxing match, but Mike Tyson could probably knock still knock people out in the first <laughs> round. Supposedly hits harder than him. Well, not now, but he used to. He got he got uh, measured, and they they measured his force, and he supposedly hit harder. Wow. Yeah, I believe it. I've seen my dad fight a little bit, so, and so don't get your dad ma mad at you. Yeah, no, my dad mad and me mad, not good. 
I, I very seldom get angry, but when I do, it's 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 a real reason and it's out of control. It's, it's all or nothing, right? It's full full on. Yeah, because I'm not petty, you know. I let everything slide, but you know, someone has to like go after my family or my safety, and then it's on. You know, that's it. All right, so that's it for the news. Um, with less than ten seconds to go, do you want to have your final thought? Sure, I'll read a quote from Customato. Here we go. The hero and the coward both feel the same thing, but the hero uses his fear, projects it onto his opponent while the coward runs. It's the same thing, fear, but it's what you do with it that matters. That's Customato. Related to Tyson. So, that's it for the news. We're going to take our break, and we'll be right back. With it came from the radio. This is Quentin Flynn, a popular voice actor known for Axel, Tamon, uh, and Raiden from the Metal Gear series. And you're listening to It Came From The Radio. Stick around. Hi, you've heard my voice open and close the show. Now we want to hear your voice. If you have a business or product, you can record a commercial here. We offer 30 and 60 second spots. For more information, contact Mark at MFC underscore studios at hotmail.com. Hey guys, this is Christy from Custom Cakes by Christy. I want you to know that I'm here for you. I'm keeping my private kitchen open for any needs your family may have. I've been focusing on bread, soups, muffins, quiches, and other basics, but I'm still accepting dessert orders as well. Please follow my Facebook for immediate pickup items. Private message me for custom orders. Custom Cakes by Christy, I-N-C, K-R-I-S-T-Y. Text me at 631-606-8166. Hey, it's Marissa Jade, your favorite mob wife, and you're listening to It Came From The Radio. Now, back to our show. And welcome back to We Came From the Radio, the official of the Big Apple Con. This is your host, Mark Torres, speaking. Much like what happened in our previous show, our senior correspondent was supposed to uh, give us his movie quarantine corner pick of the week. And because he's our senior correspondent, uh, he had a senior correspondent moment. So now I will be bringing you the movie quarantine pick of the week. Uh, it's a short segment because it's a short movie. Um, I want you guys to go check out Kung Fury, K-U-N-G-F-U-R-Y. It is free, 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 free on YouTube. So you go on there. Um, it got picked up to be a major motion picture film. So this is just a teaser of what can be if they have a giant budget. It is probably a ridiculous throwback to the 80s and time travel movies. Um, it's made in a different country. I forget which country it was, but it's completely CGI. So most most of the actors, like three guys, and they film multiple roles over and over again and plastered it on a green screen. So it's 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 great visual to see. But basically, the premise is that the Kung Fury, a uh, person who has awesome kung fu powers goes back in time because he wants to defeat the most evil kung fury master of all the kung furor hitler so that's pretty much what happens it's a guy who's a cop from the future travels back in time to kung fight fu hitler um it's as ridiculous as it sounds i mentioned my last in my last uh, pick um iron sky it's on that same vein it's a, it's a short it's a short film. I think it's about a half hour on YouTube. Like I said, you can just find it on YouTube, and it's a couple of years old, but it is well worth it for just its sheer ridiculousness. They have dinosaurs, they have Vikings, they have tons of fighting, over the top fighting, kung fu fighting, and um, it's it's a classic buddy cop movie with kung fu and time travel. And Hitler in it, because, you know, why not? Um, I think it's weird that I find that both uh, of my picks so far have been Hitler-based. But uh, he's a great bad guy, and if you put Hitler in it, automatically it becomes ridiculous. So check it out. It is Kung Fury, K-U-N-G-F-U-R-Y, on YouTube. You can listen to it, watch it, enjoy it, and hopefully support the big-budget movie when it comes out, provided that the apocalypse uh, ends in a reasonable amount of time. Um, if you liked the movie, if you didn't like the movie, or if you have any suggestions for our quarantine pick movie pick of the week, make sure you uh, send me an email at mfc.studios at hotmail.com. Let us know on our Facebook page, and we will review it, and we will tell you what we think. All right, as our senior correspondent, Charlie Saladino, would say, take it easy. 
This is Gray Griffin, and you're listening to It Came From The Radio. Now, back to our show. Hi, this is Jay Bird and Lee, and we're here to talk about movies, music, TV, and what's going on in our part of the world. Today, we're going to talk about Catch Me If You Can. Yeah, Catch Me If You Can is a great movie starring Leonardo DiCaprio. But before we do that, I wanted to talk about my little quarantine thing where my hair was just getting way too long, and I decided to self-cut it. Oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) So, let's just say it looks like he has no side, like, no hair on his side. Oh, do you think it looks bad? I mean, the back looks fine, but the top doesn't look so good. (laughs) Oh, man, this was the first attempt at trying to give myself a haircut. It's been uh, a little tough, but I thought I did a pretty good job. I I guess your opinion differs. (laughs) Yeah. All right, fine. (laughs) Enough of that. All right, let's go back into Catch Me If You Can, starring Leonardo DiCaprio and... um, Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks. And, you know, this is... One of the movies, it's not on Netflix. We actually rented it off of Amazon Prime. Um, part of our, you know, quarantine film experience, I guess you'd say. Yep. Uh, all right. So tell me what, uh, for those of you, it is an older movie. Most of you might have seen it. But if you haven't, what's the breakdown? Um, basically, it's about an FBI agent. He uh, makes his makes it his, his mission to uh, put Frank Ab- Abagnale Jr. into jail. Right, Frank, and that's Leonardo yeah. DiCaprio, Frank Abagnale. And the FBI agent is Tom Hanks. Um, f- and then Frank successfully forged millions of dollars worth of checks, and he posed as a doctor and pilot, which was... Right. So he, awesome. <laughs> yeah, so basically he was impersonating pilots, doctors, lawyers... Um, he was just trying to like cash in on his forgery with checks, right? Yeah, and it actually worked. He fooled the FBI until they noticed until that. they caught him. Yeah. Until, yeah, until they eventually caught him. But yeah, yeah, he started out around I think seventeen years old or something like yeah, that. Yeah, and he uh he did everything before his nineteenth birthday it was yeah crazy. He, yeah, he got caught around his nineteenth birthday. And, um, yeah, it's a great film. We had a lot of fun watching it. It takes place, I think, in the 1950s or late 60s, something like that. Um, what's your favorite scene? Hmm. I think I don't have a specific favorite scene, but I think one of my favorite parts was when he basically, he just starts everything and he realizes that he can forge checks. And get away and, with it. Yeah. And he was just, but I felt so bad when he was lying to his dad. Yeah, but his dad was sort of okay with it, right? So Christopher yeah. Walken play Christopher Walken plays his dad, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, his dad was always, uh, I guess the F, not the uh, the accounting, uh, IRS, the IRS, sorry, was after that after him for many many years, and I think he looked up to his son because his son was kind of getting away with it and and stealing from the government. Yeah, and. I was just surprised, sort of, by his reaction when um, Frank told his dad. What like, he, what he, he did? Was, yeah, and Frank also wanted to stop, so he literally was calling the FBI agent and being like, I want this to end. Right. Yeah. But, you know, it was too late at that point. And I'm sure we'll spoiled a lot of this film for you. But <laughs> anyway, uh, we didn't spoil the ending. And we really think you should watch it if you haven't. Um, it would be pretty cool. So that's that's one of our Leonardo DiCaprio films that we're talking about today. The other one will be Inception, right? Mm-hmm. Another uh, great film with Leonardo DiCaprio. Yep. Um that one's about uh, a thief who steals corporate secrets through the use of dream-sharing technology. So he's basically, he goes into people's dreams through, you know, tech technology, and he can, like, change basically what they're dreaming about and, like, send messages through it. Right, he he sort of influences their actions in the real world by going into their dreams. Now, again, this is like an older film. Um, I forgot when this one was done, but the fact is it's another... I think it was on Netflix. I, I'm not sure it's if it's still, still there. It's still on Netflix, I think. Okay, so we went back to our Netflix binge <laughs> <laughs> on that one. Um, yeah, it has Tom Hardy in it. Uh, another great... Uh, and I think... Um, who's the other guy? I think it's... Um, 
Oh my gosh, he plays the butler in Batman. Uh, Michael Caine. So, <laughs> another good guy. Um, so we're pretty excited about that film. What was one of your favorite parts? Um, I honestly think when he... It was basically... When they had to get through each level of the... Basically, the dream. And, right. like, to get... And they basically just had to... Um, Right, so they were going into a dream of Jillian Murphy, who played, who's in 28 Days Later, and uh, he's a corporate guy trying to get his inheritance or something like that and influence uh, his real-world life, trying to get some kind of password. And um, they had to go, in not only in one dream, they went in, like, how many? Like, I think to the last dream they went into, they had to go for, like, three different levels. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So three different levels. It's So would you recommend this movie? Uh yeah, I would recommend both. <laughs> <laughs> so we're we're here uh recommending definitely Catch Me If You Can and you know, uh Inception. In- Inception and at some point we're going to be talking about Leonardo DiCaprio and his films because <laughs> we certainly have a fan right here. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> All right, well, that's it for us for today. Two good movies to check out uh, on your stay-at-home uh, quarantine type of stuff. And uh, stay safe, stay connected, and... Stay safe. All right, speak Healthy. to you later. <laughs> Bye. Have a good one. See you. Hey, this is Ty Monk, a.k.a. Bruce Leroy from The Last Dragon, and you're listening to It Came From The Radio. Now, back to our show. Hi everyone, this is Pronto Comics' own Dominic Sperano, and it is once again time for my comic book pick of the week. God, I just love that theme song so much. And, well, if you are a fan of anything sci-fi, at some point in your life, you must have watched Doctor Who. And that's exactly what we're going to be talking about today. That is my pick of the week. Specifically, Doctor Who Hyperion. Okay. This uh, is with the 12th Doctor. And if you are not quite familiar with the Doctor, here's just a little, uh, little information about him. I'm the Doctor. I've lived for over 2,000 years, and not all of them were good. I've made many mistakes, and it's about time that I did something about that. And that was Mr. Peter Capaldi, the 12th Doctor, describing the character to Clara Oswald, his companion throughout many seasons. The 12th Doctor is easily my second favorite Doctor, and I don't say that lightly. My favorite Doctor is David Tennant. Uh, but then it's the 12th Doctor, and then after that, Matt Smith, and and finally Christopher Eccleston, who was the new, the ninth Doctor, the one who brought it back to air. And don't get me wrong, I liked all those Doctors. I think they all did amazing jobs, okay? So it's not easy for me to rate them in that order. Um, so, some information about the book, okay? So, Doctor Who, the 12th Doctor, Volume 3, Hyperion. It's specifically... Uh, collects the Doctor Who, the 12th Doctor, from issues 11 to 15. Uh, the writers are Robbie Morrison and George Mann. The artists are Daniel Indro, Mariano Lacalustra, Ron Nilsson Freire, and the colorists are Slemet Mogiano and Luis Guerrero. Really good art, let me tell you. The art is really good. I feel, though, that the first, the first story nails Capaldi visually a little bit better. I really, I really dig the art a little bit more in the first story. Also, what I like more about the first story, they're both very good, or I wouldn't be recommending it. The first story feels even more, though, like a great Doctor Who standoff episode, okay? Really feels like something I could have been watching on my television. The second story, also very good. Very classic Doctor Who save the day, you know? Which, of course, is who the Doctor is. I'm the Doctor, and I save people. And if anyone happens to be listening, and you've got any kind of a problem with that, 
to hell with you! And speaking of the story, here's just a little from the back of the book. The Doctor and Clara are back for two stunning new trips through the Vortex. On a jaunt back to 1845, the pair discover a horrifying secret hidden in a stately home. Then, the malevolent Hyperions return to scorch the solar system of all life, and the Doctor is pulled into an epic war for the future of all humankind. Uh, really good description. Here's just a couple of reviews, not mine, but here's some reviews uh, from the book itself, or about the book, should I say. Nothing short of extraordinary. Doctor Who, the 12th Doctor, just keeps getting better. Gets inside you and will not let you go. A feast for the eyeballs. That's a warped factor, and the first one was Snap How. Fans, you'll be pleasantly surprised. And if you're new to the series, then this is the comic for you. Flickering Myth. Let's see here. Ooh, I like this one. Exciting, fast-moving, funny, and mysterious. Geek Mom uh, has every trademark of a classic Moffat-written episode, Mind of the Geek. And I have to agree with these reviews. It really does, as I was saying, feel like I'm watching uh, a, a Doctor Who episode. It really does, and it's great. It's great for that reason alone. Uh, I'm currently staring at the back of the book, and I got Capaldi's eyes staring back at me. <laughs> They're ominous, those eyebrows, as you will often say in the show itself. Oh, the eyebrows. You know, in this time of quarantine, in this time of contagion, self-isolation, and pandemic, I figured who, how nice would it be to have the doctor come and fix everything and save it all, right? Um, so that's probably why I picked reading this book this week, and that's why I'm recommending it. Because um, who wouldn't want the doctor to just come and save the day right now? God, I'm tired of it, aren't you? Uh, if you want to get a little escapism, like I just had today, then you can get this book by going easily to the website, titan-comics.com. You can also get it like everything else in the world on Amazon, especially if you want to get it digital. You, it is available on Amazon for Kindle and Comixology. You can also get it at goodreads.com and have it shipped to you. Of course, one of the best places, I guess, to get it would be doctorwhostore.com. The advantage, I believe, of going to Doctor Who Store or going to Titan Books, though, is that you can go and get more of these books, right? So related products, Doctor Who, The 11th Doctor, uh, Doctor Who Companion Chronicles, Doctor Who the Twelfth Doctor Volume 4, The School of Death. So if you like this and you want to keep reading more Doctor Who comics, I recommend either going to Titan Comics or Doctor Who Store because they will have more easily available for you to pick up. Okay. Uh, like I said, really love the book. I think it's a good feel, a really feel-good book for right now. And just a little, um, not a spoiler because, you know, as we know, if you're a Doctor Who fan, you know, spoilers, uh, the end of this book kind of got me for personal reasons. It got me. There's a whole two-page spread here of something that just touches me and, and gave, touched me right in the feels. So it's really well written, and you're really going to love it. So again, that is my pick of the week, Doctor Who, the 12th Doctor, Hyperion. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed this week's pick. Please remember you can go and check out my own personal webcomic at fishysarcasm.com. You can become a Patreon of the comic. It's only $1 a month. It's the least expensive Patreon out there. I promise you that. Also, please go and check out prontocomics.com. We have plenty of comics for download. And always remember... Never be cruel. Never be cowardly. And never ever eat pears. Remember, hate is always foolish, and love is always wise. Always try to be nice, but never fail to be kind. Oh, laugh hard, run fast. So be safe and be healthy. Take care.
What's up, guys? This is Kari Payton, and you're listening to It Came From The Radio, so keep listening. Now, back to our show. So that about does it for this week on It Came From The Radio. Join us right here and every week on this radio station. If you missed any part of this show, Stop. go to our website, www.itcamefromtheradio.com. Listen to your archives. will be up in a week or so. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter, on Instagram. Uh, check us out on Beyond the Dawn Studios, and we will see you next week. You've been listening to It Came From The Radio with Mark Torres. The views of the show's hosts and guests did not necessarily reflect that of the management, owners, or staff of the station. We now return you to your earthly scheduled broadcast.